Okay, I will live. Yes, there you go, there you go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Slammer Wrestling, myself, Supreet, and this is your AEW Dynamite Review Winter is Coming Edition. And uh, you're joined by uh, Ridwani. What did you think about this special Dynamite from Garland, Texas? I thought this it was a very solid show because like you know usually whenever they do these special events it's a very match heavy it's a very match heavy card or a match heavy show depends on how you want to you know describe it but uh, overall like you know we've said this in the past uh, like aw usually you know puts le- less effort in like their other shows which is leading up to their big show so this was one such where all the hype was saved for this i mean all the hype was built for this this particular show and it delivered on all fronts i felt what did you think about the show um i also thought the show was great and uh, the thing about this show was forget that it was a special dynamite like for obvious reasons like the number of segments on this show felt i think less than usual like in other dynamites you get at least 10 to 15 segments here it uh, we got what maybe six or five at best including the matches yeah and like i said obvious reasons uh seeing how long the opener went yeah spoiler <laughs> but uh we'll talk about the entirety of this show here but before that if you are new to Slam of Wrestling, then make sure to like, share, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. Uh, check out our other content links provided in the description below. But the opener here was a little shocker to me. I didn't expect uh, them to open uh, this Winter is Coming show with this match here. I thought this was going to be your usual main event. But Tony Khan, I think he has something else. I think seeing the recent ratings. I think he decided, you know, let's start off big time, like how he does with Rampage. Yeah, front loading basically. And um, by the way, are the ratings out for this show? Yep. So sure, it's uh, it's almost they almost drew a million, and on average. So whatever you've said, you know, really has made up for that. Like it makes sense why Tony did that. Uh, any particular segment that drew the most? Uh, not that I know of, but I'll just check the overall ratings. I think Alvarez was the one who posted it. Come like he usually does. Come on, man. You have to check out the entire segments plus the demo. The demos are more important. Yes. Uh, pretty amateur on my part. I apologize. But anyways, they opened up big here uh, with the AEW World Championship match. This is uh, Hangman Adam Page defending. This is his first title defense, by the way. Forget the first title defense. This is his first match after winning the belt. So he's defending yep. the title against uh, Brian Danielson, the American Dragon. And boy, this match went to a 60-minute time limit draw. Did you expect this? Nope. <laughs> I did not. Like, uh, once they opened the show with this, then... Uh, I don't know, maybe in hindsight, it's easier to say that, you know, you kind of expected that. But uh, as it started, I don't think I did. But I like there was 
there would be some feeling or another that you know this was go this was going long but uh, time limit draw was something it it still feels shocking because you know after uh, you know when uh, danielson and uh, hang um, danielson and kenny they drew to a 30 minute uh, time limit draw so now it's a 60 minute time limit draw with the championship involved so it's still it's still shocking nonetheless uh for me uh this match was it was great uh, i think the only thing that affected me personally i don't know what other people are talking about for me personally the four commercials that happened during this match yeah was kind of you know took me out of the match i guess yeah and uh, since i was watching it on fight you know like usually whenever there's a commercial break they usually tend to you know take a breather and do less like put in less efforts than what they usually do while on ca- while uh, they're live so it it certainly like it affected this match in that sense because you know while i was watching it even through the commercials they were just like they were mainly doing the feeling out process and there was one part where hangman was bu- busted open and danielson was just doing jumping jacks uh, in in the ring and he was just doing a middle finger so he was just working the crowd and then once the like the show starts rolling again on like the show starts rolling live that's when uh, danielson just goes for a suicide dive i think he goes for a drop kick and so that's yeah. that's the only problem i had the commercial break that to four commercial break that was too much for me like seeing i think at one point they even cut the uh, what do you call the picture in picture and just uh, got to the life feels mm-hmm. yeah like i was watching on fight so i don't know about how how it was on tv but uh, yeah but uh, other than that the match was great i don't know if you can call it uh, a classic or not can you call this is a question to you ridwan can you call this match a classic and was this better uh, than the uh, other time limit draw we saw that was a half an hour draw between omega and danielson if you compare both these matches which one was better uh, to answer your question i you know if it was a classic maybe i'd say you know if you're looking back at the sh- or this match in particular 5 to 6 months down the line you'd say yes it was like classic and one of the best matches ever as of now there is a, like a lot more fury because of the time limit time limit expiry but uh, i'd say yes it's like one of the best uh, matches ever but on a personal preference if you ask me if it's better than uh, omega or danielson I'd still prefer the old one because I mean even though there were like a lot more stakes to this this one was about the championship so there was like 60 minutes and uh, the 30 minutes was it was just a normal match but it was basically to prove who was the better wrestler and you know with that expiry uh like there were a lot more stakes but you know there was a lot more flurry in offense and at the same time you know there was like a lot more flow to it compared to this one you know like there were ad breaks and all in both matches but in this in this one like it, it i felt it kind of overran its course but yeah i mean both are you know 
you say right both are good good where they are if you want to compare so mine would be somewhere around that what do you think uh i don't know man brian danielson has actually ruined uh, somewhat uh, the wrestling experience for 2021 for me you know why ever since this <laughs> guy showed up in aw i had my match of the year you know top 10 list i had my wrestler of the year top 10 list when this guy showed up in aw he ruined everything for me now the at this point i don't want to make any list because this guy is on top yeah you know the it's a term in you know whenever there's a tournament it's like it's called a bracket buster where an underdog usually ruins any prediction that you have done so uh, brian kind of fits that mold for you don't you think yeah now i want to rate wrestler of the year you know the title to roman reigns man but uh, he's making it very diff- difficult for me who roman reigns or danielson Danielson man I want to rate <laughs> Roman Reigns at the number 1 spot Okay But uh, anyways man You do you man. Uh, He's just great at what he does uh, especially Brian Danielson and if you want to talk about the highlights of this match this guy I think did a great job of being that cocky heel and if you want to see how the how he worked the match he reminded me of a J White match Mm mm-hmm. that's a very apt comparison like it's of course it's a testament to danielson's like you know the how great he is but he's been doing for a lot longer than a jay white I, but i get the sentiment i get the sentiment that you're trying to say you know in terms of a heel who is just uh, flipping off the crowd and just you know playing to whatever they throw at him so i get what you mean in this case and like the um uh, in terms of the wrestling like danielson was dominating hangman page like you can't out wrestle uh, danielson here but uh, that was the, the opening parts of the match and these guys were they gave, both men gave it their all i can't describe this match move by move is that the right way to say this oh, absolutely like whoever's listening to this podcast and if you haven't watched the match i you know we highly suggest you go out of a go out of your way and watch it even if like you know you're not watching wrestling regularly you should definitely check out this match and by the way are you a big uh, fan of you know matches going a hour long depends who is involved in dan if it was danielson or you know it's hangman or if it was omega that's a yes and you know even with new japan it if you could say this was a very new japan style match in a way because of the time limit expiry going long and people both beating the shit out of each other so i don't know man i see new japan in the pandemic uh i think they yeah the doing the big matches hour long matches was too much for me during that time mm-hmm. yeah but in this case it really worked we had a live crowd uh, the atmosphere was just electric got into it and uh, can you go through some of the highlights in this match your favorite moments um 
my like you know it was a theme throughout the match was when uh, of course danielson when he was playing to the crowd he was just doing the jumping jacks and then you know when he was worked on his knee by uh, hangman then he was doing jumping jacks with one leg and then he was just flipping off the crowd every moment and like I like as character work you know danielson with the crowd was the highlight for me but a particular spot i felt was like you know towards the final spot that they did and uh, the one just before that where uh, you know danielson was going for a backdrop driver or a saito from the top turn buckle and hangman just reversed that and he just you know did a rolling for it no either he did a rolling forearm or a close sign and then danielson just did the rikishi bump so probably that or uh, uh when danielson hurts his uh, shin while giving the kicks on the turnbuckle what were what were your favorite highlights of this match my favorite was just danielson being a cocky heel that's it and the <laughs> other sports yeah, yeah and the other sports and big you know near falls were really great yes like you could see me trying to pick particular spots while describing how great this match was and i couldn't do i couldn't do a good job at that and then you know i just had to make do my best in picking some hey i will say this the last 5 minutes where hangman was on the offense that was my favorite you could say Mm-hmm. And where you and that particular spot you mentioned, you know, reversing that Saito suplex and hitting a lariat or a forearm. Yes, but uh, the Rikishi bump that Danielson was doing, even uh, there was another spot where, he, like, he just ran the the running clothesline and he did so again. So Danielson really, you know, bumped like a boss for Hangman, and it also makes Hangman look, you know. much more amazing since becoming champion it was his first match like you said and uh, so far so good man and uh, like we talk about how long this match went like the minute that this match got longer and longer i thought hangman is losing me yeah there was like some sense of it because of course like you know we don't want him to lose this fast and uh, sensibly they wouldn't take the title of him this fast either because transitional champions are like you know it's not very abused like how wwe does so it did look like that plus you know it the longer this match went it was more in uh, danielson's favor because being the wrestler that he is and uh, you rightly pointed it out at the start of this uh, you know match review you can't out wrestle brian danielson so this was one such yeah they made the entire outcome and situation very unpredictable here yes and, and uh, did a better job with that a very and, good job with that and so. like i said i like the final 5 minutes of this match like i really wanted hangman to win here and when he hit that Same. buckshot lariat pin this guy and win but the time they went to at the limit draw and uh, yo uh, i think it was a good finish i guess going to a draw because in that manner in you are way. that manner you are still keeping danielson undefeated and you can further the story i think that's the obvious plan here 
yes but uh, yeah a part of me was like i wanted hangman to win because it would it would have been a great way to you know start off his uh, title defense as you know this new take no shit baby face champion and beating someone like danielson who is of course you know the one of the greatest of all time it would have really stamped his uh, you know him being a like a confident baby face champion but i see why they did that and also there's another reason like you know it really puts hangman as an equal to both danielson and kenny and that was also one of the intentions of you know while they went for a time limit draw because again you know kenny is the be- one of the best wrestlers in the world danielson is one of the greatest of all time and hangman is right put put in that position of you know being an equal to them and of course he's the wor- fucking world champion so this is a great way to get hangman over if you know a win couldn't if a win couldn't have done that job i think the time limit draw certainly helped in that case so obviously they are going to have a rematch either at battle of the belts or revolution i guess revolution because you know after like it's too soon for danielson to reclaim his number one contendership as well because you know once he's lost it then he has to go down the pecking order and then start all over again i don't know man i don't know but uh, even the commentators were saying yeah we have to get a rematch we have to get a rematch on and on and again yes and that's one of the main intentions that's like they could have they did this finish as well and we are most certainly getting it i'd say they'd save it till revolution cuz I, i don't see it happening this fast and battle of the belts is like what two weeks away now mm, at this point yes yeah and it's happening so on I, the same week see. that they go on tbs yeah like fifth they're going on tbs and eighth is the battle of the belts yeah that's pretty insane but uh, another there are a bunch of spots that i want to mention here the there was a big table spot that i think he even did at uh, full gear against kenny and i think yep. he should stop doing that that looks like it really hurts no <laughs> for sure it does uh, but i like you know the, he got like this is the table hangman just lands over here which is worse because the corner of the table is usually the most the sharpest one you know in and table signs yeah and i think uh, after cody this guy hangman is the you know he does blade jobs i think he's the second guy after cody Yes, I uh, I was telling the same thing to my brother while we were watching this match, and uh, it's a very Ric Flair thing thing to do because he used to blade at a drop of a hat, and Cody is like right in that territory. So Hangman is also getting there. And God knows, did he did the normal blade job or he you know uh, got blood the hard way, just ramming his head into the post. I mean, sometimes they like take a razor and just cut off like a small portion of it, but then with the sweat it all trickles down, so it looks like you know the blood is overflowing. It did look, uh, it did look like a big cut while uh, you know while the doctors were checking on him at there, and uh, this one Doc Samson was just pouring water on his blood. I thought 
you know if it was cold it certainly looked like you know it must have burned the fuck out of hangman's head but there you go man this was overall a great match and looking forward um, to the rematch uh, something you want to mention yeah like uh, to think that this was supposed to be john moxley's position before he just, uh, you know took time off because with the story that they were good to, like you know in before hangman returned and because you remember that one promo where mox just talks shit about hangman he's like all baby faces are fucking stupid and then once hangman returned he costed mox the opportunity and won the thing, won the whole uh, like casino ladder match so and given what they were teasing with mox they were trying to you know make him a heel and after that like you know with brian winning and then brian beating each each dark order member in their hometown so this was very much what mox was supposed to do but then here we are it you know with danielson being there i think it further elevated what the original plan was and i think danielson has done a bang up job in that case i'm really, uh, looking forward to what they go what they do next with the story hopefully uh, at the big shows uh, come january or maybe at revolution god knows yeah and revolution they announced the dates for revolution didn't they yeah february is something i don't know no it's usually march yeah it was it was march 6th right right my bad but uh, shall we move on to the rest of the show uh yep. uh anything you want to mention yes uh no i'm good uh i think we had wardlow versus matt sidel next and uh, this was a quick enough match like wardlow is getting quick victories throughout you know his appearances on dynamite so same here as well but uh, sidel did get some offense here uh, but he ends up you know wardlow hitting a bunch of power bombs that is a big be- that is becoming a thing we have mentioned the same thing in the previous the power bomb well. symphony the power bomb symphony the power bomb yes it's a, it's a good name for him but uh, in this case uh, shawn spears who accompanied him he got a mic and was just basically shouting at wardlow to stop it that's uh, it you uh, killed basically killed this guy but wardlow wardlow was not willing to listen so after a third power bomb i think uh wardlow finally pins idol and there you go so shawn spears was just you know in a very sarcastic manner just you know congratulating wardlow on the mic and he got a phone and called maxwell jacob friedman and was talking about you know how wardlow got this victory and uh, i think mjf basically told spears to tell wardlow that once uh, after the main event in the dynamite you know when he finally wins the dynamite ring for the third time he wants wardlow to get the champagne ready that's what he said and after that he destroys uh, matt sidel with a bunch of chair shots uh, spears you know i think you yeah you phrased it very well you have a good nickname for him the chair pervert there you go so that's the story still continuing on with the you know a possible wardlow and mjf dissension they teased it heavy like last week with the uh, you know mjf eliminating wardlow so i thought this was like one of the biggest one of the big daggers 
for Waterloo to you know eventually turn on MJF. So I I think it's happening soon. Probably early next year is what I'm guessing. But the build up to this you know event this long uh, the slow burn of a face turn for Waterloo, it's been terrific. Like even you know I'd say they started after uh, when he. Failed to defeat Cody in a steel cage match. I think that was when they, you know, started sowing the seeds of it to for it long term. And then whenever there was something or the other happening, MJF used to like subtly diss Wardlow, but then that subtle that subtlety just you know went went to hell, and they've uh, like openly started like MJF openly started to diss Wardlow, like you're useless, blah blah blah. And now we've reached to a point, and even like the power bombs, it's like you know the littlest of things to help further this uh, long-term story. And Wardlow, you know, giving in to the fans, he was just doing the repeated power bombs, and Spears was stopping him because Wardlow was listening to the fans instead of listening to MJF. So I thought this plays a good role. Like you know, things are very much in motion for it to happen, and it's going to happen soon. But. So uh, when it happens, it's going to be an awesome moment. It's probably uh, I don't remember what. Probably not. No, not the. I was thinking of the Batista moment, but that was something. You know, the like they kind of acknowledged that Batista was uh, forming his own plan to you know eventually beat Triple H, and Triple H wasn't aware of that, but. Uh, with Wardlow, we still don't know, like you know, if he has something or the other to eventually do the needful. But all in all, I think it furthers that story, and uh, it also gives Wardlow something to do. And in a way, like you know, being in the flow of this match, like you know, the pacing of this show rather was done pretty well because after that amazing match that went to a time limit draw, people were like fatigued. But this was a bit of a palate cleanser where you know people are getting their breath back, and then with Wardlow just you know wrecking Sidel. And kudos to Sidel for again you know giving his all for Wardlow, even if it was a squash match. So in that case, you know, it takes all boxes for me. So this was this was done pretty very very well, and can't wait for the eventual Wardlow face turn. Well, there you go. But uh, moving on, uh, we heard from the super click that is Adam Cole, Bebe, and the Young Bucks. They were accompanied by Bobby Fish. Uh, basically, they were backstage. Uh, we see, you know, a very Christmas themed decoration in the background. Uh, basically, cutting a promo on the best friends what they did last week, uh, like beating them in a tag match where you know we had Rocky Romero and Chucky T. They talked talked about you know uh, how the return of uh, Trent was a you know kind of ruining their moment and they talked about what uh, how they laid him out at rampage so basically i think it's this week right we are getting a eight man tag that is the super click and bobby fish versus the best friends and yeah, best friends and uh, Rocky Romero, and it's without Wheeler Utah, so that's the eight-man tag. I was honestly expecting Wheeler Utah to be a part of it instead of uh, Rocky Romero, but 
it gives rocky something to do and you know he has a lot more history with best friends so in that case it works and of course the best friends like being uh, trent and uh, chucky versus uh, the young bucks you know, that also has a history in itself in ring of honor pwg and other indie promotions and uh, you mentioned so did you know that uh, so has joined chaos yes like she is the official chaos member after trends return last week that was like such a very such a wholesome moment with everything that happened and there was a picture that was i think trend had posted it or it was orange i'm not sure it's like uh, there's a like everyone standing in front of minivan and in front of the minivan and uh, there's chris on top of it so yeah man so imagine saying sue orange cassidy and toru yano are part of one faction imagine saying that like probably a year and a half ago impossible wrestling is wild man wrestling is wild and uh, who knew we would love chaos in 2021 yes that was one stable that certainly felt like you know they should probably stop what what they're doing but they are way too wholesome for us to you know stop rooting for them because if you if you've seen like you know okada's uh, instagram or ishi's blog like as wait, how fears did you say ishi's blog 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 oh blog almost got a heart attack yeah <laughs> uh, him doing a blog would be cool but uh, yeah it's like how they are just you know being dogs in real life especially okada he's like such a goof uh yeah he's a, he's a goofball and it's adorable how they are like in real life so it's it's so awesome like chaos could very well be like you know the the whole sort of just like at this point uh but uh the young bunk young bucks and the super click don't think this uh is wholesome because they threatened sue to super kicker right in the kisser yeah he he heat they they're getting the heat right yeah bully ray would love it but there was another thing that adam cole mentioned here in this promo uh, like yep. plugging of the match was secondary he said that there is a surprise for the young bucks in the christmas edition next week on dynamite and uh, i think that's the cliffhanger and uh, we should i think we should expect something big or a betrayal if you will isn't it too soon for them to do that i wouldn't mind because i guess even can i wouldn't either because you kenny know, isn't around the betrayal would mean so much more if kenny was around so no 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 the betrayal would mean something when kenny is not around and the young bucks are just alone mhm I don't know. Yes, but they like even uh, like the obvious answer. They even teased it on Twitter, where he's like, "What's in the box?" He just uh, tweeted that casually, and it's like one of the worst kept secrets that uh, Kylo Riley is going to AEW. So, any chances he shows up next week? Probably, and I'm excited if it happens, but. It's like now is the time I'm actually leaning more towards it happening because I was kind of against the idea of undisputed era being a thing in AEW simply because it was more of a WWE thing and 
but i think it it'll it'll certainly work because these guys are fucking awesome but i don't know let's i'll just wait for it to happen to eventually from my opinion but uh, seeing kylo riley being in aw in itself is good in itself is you know great he's left wwe right yeah he is like i said it's one of the worst kept secrets that he's going to aw even i think tony teased it a little he's like there are there will be a lot of surprises in the upcoming weeks mm. so there you go yeah well, i would for mind. johnny gargan yeah yeah, yeah I, mean, I, i think johnny gargan at this point has is a free agent Yeah, he is a free agent. His contract is expired, and he's doing he's doing Twitch. He's like has his own PWT Pro Wrestling T store, so which is a big no no in WWE. So you could say that you know it's like he's he's definitely not going back. But again, we'll wait till Feb or March for it to happen. So if he's going to AW, Revolution is the best way to debut him. Otherwise, if he's going back back to NXT to Further that Grayson Waller feud, then let him be him. So, nah. Either I, way, I think I'm he's gone. Good. He's gone. He's not going to WWE. I personally, I personally hope it does because he's like one of my favorite wrestlers. He was like my favorite wrestler in NXT for five, six, five years that he was there. But uh, that was regarding Johnny Gargano, and we'll have to wait and see what the surprise is. I think you. I think they go the remember the. Celebration of Jericho thing that they did with Kevin Owens. Yeah, the festival of friendship. Ah, yeah, the festival of friendship. I said the celebration of Jericho. I think you go yeah. into that route because that was very unexpected of a heel turn, if you ask me. It was. I thought they they would have done that, like you know, in the build up to WrestleMania. It was a build up to WrestleMania, but you know they still had that fast lane pay per view, which was. bad like when owens lost his championship to fucking goldberg and according to jericho this was supposed to be originally for the universal championship the kevin owens versus jericho match instead they got like bumped down to united states championship and we all know what happened after that yes owens tore like tore kevin a new one after that and speaking of kevin owens you got the news right Yeah, and that too very late because I was off social media. Just avoiding winter is coming, not the homecoming spoilers. Yep. So he like he has resigned with WWE. He even confirmed it on a French Canadian uh, news outlet. And like it's okay, you know, fair play because they were offering him huge money, and he wanted to secure a bag for his family. If he's happy, so am I. But a part of me is disappointed because I wanted to see him, like you know, be in the open and finally be his old self, like pre WWE self. Yeah, and here unsettling differences. Oh man, that's a sick song. Do you is that an underrated wrestling theme? You think? Um, uh, I don't know. In which department? That depends. As like a. Yeah, yeah, like you know, if you want to consider it, like the all-time, like all wrestling themes, so this one is particularly it's heavily underrated according to me. I think you you can say it is one of the most famous indie themes of all time. 
yes i was talking more in the like in a wider sense but in like if you want to like bog it down to a more niche comparison yes it's one of the greatest in the indie themes hey uh i'm happy for kevin owens like you said let him make that money man let him make that money yep but 3 million per yeah but yeah, sure. you wwe you have to treat this guy right you can't screw him you can't screw him in the next 6 months and you know dub him as the next budget cut yeah if unless like even if he gets released he's still getting that money right when that he has signed so i think either way he's done pretty well for himself no matter what happens with, with him okay then i'm ready for kevin owens uh, wwe title me too i've been wanting this for like 4 5 years now so do it man do it uh where were we uh we got to this uh, super click segment uh i think we also had a promo from ty conti and i think we are getting ty conti versus the bunny at uh, this week's rampage penelope ford did i see the bunny yes my bad it's penelope ford it's okay so they are having a submission match on this week's rampage uh, so they basically did a promo to build towards that you know i think they are doing some sort of a tag team feud with tai j and penelope and the bunny didn't that get over like for 3 4 months ago uh the thing is that we didn't pay they... that much of an you know attention or we didn't we weren't that excited for it we still aren't <laughs> but you know what were we excited for the third encounter between hikaru shida and sarina deep i thought this was a very decent enough match and uh, there you go uh, shida finally you know you could say won the rubber match i guess she got the victory yes like this wasn't the best match together you know in the in the strategy but uh, and you know the crowd was kind of fatigued you could see in this match they were completely tired from the opening match and also feeding into wardlow's powerbombs but uh, this match was affected as a result but as you know in the in ring action goes i thought it was good in that sense they did their job the best they could do to you know wake a dead crowd up but Uh, yeah, I'm happy. Super happy for Shida. She's gotten the win. She's won like the feud eventually as for now. So let's see where that goes as well. Uh, nothing in terms of the highlights. Uh, like uh, they basically did a similar top of my that we that we they have done for the last you know uh, two times they have you know uh, came together. Like uh, Deep was working on the you know uh, injured knee or leg of Shida. and we saw a very vicious shida in this match is that fair to say uh, sorry like uh, sorry. i said uh, we saw a more vicious side of shida in this match yes yes like even in the build up to this match where uh, you know they were doing the promos for last week and even on the this week's road to so the shida was like set on vengeance because serena costed her the tbs championship opportunity by injuring her knee and then nylaro was targeting it 
so that and Sheera was like out for vengeance and then she was like you did that and I'm going to ruin you she just said that and even when she did her entrance she just threw the kendo stick at Serena's face which I thought is very unlike Sheena yeah zero but, fucks given uh, zero fucks given indeed and uh, I, I'm happy to see you know Sheena is like my one of my favorite wrestlers in AEW like be it male or female and it's always great to see her wrestle and i was like i was mark like i always mark out but this was great seeing her win anyway and uh, but shida yeah. is continue, continue. yeah like shida puts in a lot of effort when she you know cuts promos on in, in english yes and her english is pretty good at that like you know knowing the obvious reasons and uh, i would say that hikaru shida's english promos are uh, way better than the entire queen's crown tournament i knew that is coming so great stuff the thing is <laughs> that's I've, your weekly yeah the thing is i forgot it to mention in the world title match because of how that match was we had to mention a lot of points right yes but it's okay you know even the smallest jabs work just like the vaccine Ah, I see what you did there. But quickly yep. <laughs> transitioning out of that controversial topic. Uh there you go. Uh Deep, sorry, Serena. Oh, Shida won. Shida won this match and I think when they crown that first CBS <laughs> champion, the first title defense, I think Shida gets the shot. Yes, I feel so too. And also, you know, knowing Shida is like the longest training AEW Women's Champion, I just wanted to say that she's, you know, over the years that she's competed in AEW, she's often gotten the short end of the stick, because even you know, in the first few months that she was there, she wasn't being used much for for a while, and uh, then she started getting matches. But I think she was also injured at one point when. Uh, like this was before or during Nyla Rose's title reign like just before around that like early 2020 part then she gets back she isn't used again all that much she's like heavily featured on dark and then she gets a title shot she wins the she wins the championship but she's still not featured on dynamite all that often and being the women's champion at that and also it sucked that you know it was, there was a pandemic that was happening so again like you know there were no crowds either and then you know she's just doing her best for the championship run and like you know she's putting out great matches whenever she's given the she whenever she's given a chance and even then it's like you know Brit Baker was getting featured more at that point and then she does she still does well and then eventually finally when the crowd comes back she gets her appreciation she even gets a new title belt and then she loses the championship and she's off tv for like 3 4 months then she like you know makes a big big screen return to the casino battle royale and then she gets eliminated early so she's off, she's always gotten the short end of the stick if you notice and that's very unlucky of her to be in that position but it's clear that she is one of the top women in that division yes for sure and she she's making you know the best out of whatever opportunity she's given so that is also a testament to how great she is and man hikaru shida is fucking awesome this that's it and uh, as we move on uh, let's talk about this special video package by mr malakai black uh, and uh, 
the only thing i could take uh, the only highlight or maybe a teaser you could say is he was in some house you know filming this vignette he was you know uh, just spilling out this riddles or whatever you want to call it and the way he like he basically is a dark father yeah that is the sto- that is the gimmick that he was supposed to do in wwe but they fucking released him in like two days morons so i think we had some i think he was what do you call it the whole ritual thing rituals yeah he's doing something to else. a certain guy who was in a very hooded uh, get up here and he after the whole you know chanting of the mantra or whatever you call it he basically you know uh, spits the mist the black mist into this guy's face or whatever you call it and he said you're more than just a king and uh, does this mean that brody king is showing up in AEW yeah it's confirmed by uh, like news outlets i think fightful and uh, wrestling observer newsletter confirmed that uh, brody king is signed with AEW and knowing that you know their similar gimmicks and uh, they're also PWG tag champions together obvious it's obvious that this was going to happen sooner or later but uh, it's cool it's cool seeing uh, brody king and AEW and cm punk wanted to work with him as well so this is even better so it it certainly takes all boxes for me excited for it what about you um i haven't seen much of uh, you know brody king but he's really great for his size yeah he's basically alex alister black double xl it's it's probably the best way to put it but the main uh, topic is that i'm not fa- i'm not fat shaming him by the way it's just how it is i got like, you man a- i got you i'm not throwing yeah. you under the bus for this but the main topic yeah, is thank you the main topic is uh, i think this is the beginning of house of black a faction yeah yes there was someone who posted a theory on reddit saying like you know the seven deadly sins and there are like se- there are basically like it's a tale as old as time i guess is the way i could describe and there are like for each moment each uh, part or each sin is what malachi was trying to go after and cody there was park and it brought out an aggressive side of them then he mr julia hart as well i have a feeling julia hart might join house of black i i don't want that and uh, like you know um, there's one one of the sins is sloth and he that malaka is going to target and you know who it is who is he going to target when it comes to sloth uh i don't know man orange cassidy wait <laughs> the king of sloth style did you just say orange cassidy may join house of black no i didn't say that i'd say like you know once he missed whoever he's missing is part of those seven deadly sins and uh, like with cody and park it brought out a very darker side of them with julia hart it was one such and then like you know he missed it with julia i said that this is going to be a thing but when it comes to one of those sins is called sloth which is easily orange cassidy 
so that is where i feel that you know there there might be a feud of uh, oc versus uh, malakai and then we might see some character changes into oc mm, but uh, that's uh, which the i don't want yeah that's the theory you read uh, i saw something different here and this is regarding brody king the potential arrival that he could go through a name change just like what malakai did and uh, you could say that malakai had to go through a name change because of a new character so you could see a similar thing with brody king and also the name brody yeah <laughs> shit i completely forgot about that and it's a very shitty of me it's very shitty of me to do that fuck uh, so basically you say you're saying malakai black is uh, taking people into his house of black brainwashing them and uh, changing their name so is he basically vince pacman no 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 he's bruce pritchard yeah I, that's that's more like it but do you mind a name change for brody king or uh, is this i mean knowing the obvious barriers yes but either way is fine with me well we'll have to wait and see but uh, what was next in this program uh i think we heard from eddie kingston i guess yeah so they were building up matches for rampage you want me to go through them uh please do man please do okay so like no knowing the other two matches that were uh, announced so the first one was uh, Uh, an eight man tag between best friends and uh, best friends and rocky romero versus uh, super click and bobby fish and uh, after that there was another like um, match made official which was uh, tai conti versus penelope ford in a submission match but the third match was basically eddie kingston was cutting a promo saying uh, like uh, 3. Point, so i was saying 3.0 because like 3.0 was the old name actually if you think about if you remember Really? On the on the independent yeah on the independence hmm. oh no wait it was 2.0 but they did a gimmick of 3.0 saying that they were changed men but like wearing Canadian tuxedo but they just took it off and said nah we are 2.0 only ah. that was a comedy spot my bad my bad so so he was like they has made his life hell they always attack him taking cheap shots and at every opportunity they just try to make him like make him feel bad. and of course now with mox mox not being around uh, he can't tag with him and uh, he also like the 2.0 also attacked uh, ortiz so he's what he's going to do he's going to like issue a challenge as a 10 man tag it's garcia and 2.0 versus two people of their choosing which is revealed to be acclaimed later on versus eddie kingston his boys his proteges santana and ortiz and his two best friends that's penta and phoenix so no, that's no, no, the 10 no, man no. tag as well i think his only best friend is penta yeah sorry so penta and uh, his brother phoenix and uh, santana notice and eddie kingston versus them versus 2.0 daniel garcia and uh, the acclaimed there are there are a lot of names to get out man fuck So we got a eight man and a ten man in the same night. Yes, Teddy Long is 
on cloud nine. Well, rampage is going to be a long night this week, but uh, there you go. Uh, let's talk about this. Nothing to talk about actually. They showed highlights of uh, the match from Rampage, the debut match of Hook, the Crook against Fuego del Sol. That was a really good shout out for Hook in this week's Dynamite. So looking forward to what he does next. What did you think about his debut match? Oh, it was awesome. Like he looks, he looks like a natural in the ring. Like you know, someone for his first match, he exceeded all expectations if there were any. And uh, yeah, man, I'm excited to see what he can do. Like all his transitions, his uh, what do you call it, his suplexes and his locks were like smooth as hell. And he's been training for like almost a year and a half. So yeah. There you go, man. But shall we get to the main event? Yep, let's do it. Do it. So this is for the Dynamite Diamond Ring, and this is against MJF and Dante Martin. So both these guys were the last two, you know, that uh, Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royal uh, that they had last week. So those two guys were the last competitors. So they're going through a singles match now. But MJF had a promo before this. And he actually got booed the hell out of this building, and that uh, Long Island show feels like it was ten years ago. Yeah, fuck, it really does. Like a week ago, he's being cheered like a hero. This week, back to normal programming. Like, what's happening? Yeah, it did feel like forever ago, and it was only last week. But he's getting some great heat here. uh there you go another bully ray reference but talk about <laughs> cm punk here and he is just basically responding to what cm punk said about him uh, in long island said that it was very cute of him that he was you know shitting on the you know local football team something Sports like team. that and uh, hockey team and he also mentioned how you know punk is proclaiming that he wants a title shot so like you know by getting just getting uh cheap victories against you know uh not so important opponents something like that that makes yeah he, he said like underwhelming like having an undefeated streak against underwhelming opponents that just makes you a new rival which i thought was an fucking line of the night like the best line of the night or the best thing has to go to mjf in that case yeah this is MJF has some really sick comebacks. Yes, this this is I would say this is one of his all-time good ones. Uh, <laughs> Because like Ryback, Ryback when he became number one contender for CM Punk when he was WWE champion, he just beat <laughs> he just beat Jobbers, and then he became like then he went on to face for the championship, and uh, after that like yeah. and punk hates the ryback like he has caused him a lot of injuries and stuff so yeah it was a, like if there was a low hanging fruit that mjf could pick on this was it like not even his, punk's ufc career i'd say this one was that but there you go um i don't know when they do this match um uh, maybe tbs shows 
thing but uh, i kind of i wanted to i want for it to stretch last stretch out longer we'll have to wait and see but let's talk about this match here with darte martin it was fine i guess but let me ah uh, yes another thing he mentioned he was also you know talking about dante martin just appreciated him a little bit put like he did you know compliment him for being a great athlete but uh, he did end up you know just you know mess, uh, talking shit about him and said that he is going to beat dante martin with a side headlock takeover again just like he did with mgf and i think at one, yeah at one point even both men you know were uh, trying to beat you know the other guy with a headlock takeover yes like for first part and bryce just kept counting pinfalls there was one spot as such yeah yeah like they were back to back like pinfall attempts yes there was one spot where mjf was going for the dirty victory with his foot on the rope and bryce just fucking kicks it like bryce gives no fucks yeah i think after aubrey bryce is the best referee that they have yes i hate ricknox but uh, yeah bryce is my favorite and the other uh, other guy who you know uh, was the referee in the danielson and hangman uh, page match bolverne what's his name again his name is paul turner but there was one moment on dark where they like taz and excalibur were just making fun of him so they were just calling him bolverne Paul Burner, yeah, Paul Turner. Yeah. Actually, he is also a good enough referee. But uh, the most over and unique referees are Aubrey and Bryce. Yeah, Bryce, Bryce is my guy. Yeah, the way Bryce, you know, uh, does you know, the one, two, three, the pinfall is just amazing. <laughs> yeah, he like he got his hand stuck for a while. Like he is counting, and then it got stuck, and he is just doing like this. It looked like he was flipping off MJF. But uh, like we talked about the you know several pinfall attempts, that was one of my favorite spots. But the most favorite spot in this match was Dante was on the offense. So I think he he hit uh, four back to back to back dives on MJF from each side of the yeah. ring. Yeah. There was one spot where uh, Dante was going like he was running towards the turnbuckle and then he sticks out his neck on the top turnbuckle and then he moves to the to the middle middle rope and then he jumps on MJF. I thought that was sick as hell. But uh, those four back to back high spots or dives he did was pretty unique. Like uh, and the final one I think kind of was messed up like the shooting star press he did. Yeah, but kudos to Excalibur for covering that. He's like, yeah, his knee hit MJF's face, so not sure who got the worst of that, but it certainly hurt. So good, good on uh, Excalibur for covering up. But uh, speaking about the knee, there was a spot earlier on this match where yeah Dante did a rolling thunder and did a four fifty, but he ends up hitting uh, MJF with the knees, almost killed MJF in that moment. Yeah, it was like a very uh, Rob Van Dam versus Triple H. He crushed Triple H, Triple H's throat on the Five Star Frog Splash during the Elimination Chamber match. So it was really, it was a bit reminiscent of that. Yes. Uh, I was about to say that he went RVD and ended up being Per Kangal. 
Remember he yes. I think he did a 450 knee drop on Sting. Yes and also like you know him jumping off like doing a 450 basically but jumping off a standing jumping on a standing abyss from the stage. Yeah. So that's that's one of the classic perk angle spots. Yeah, perk angle hit different back then. Yes, he was on a bean and on a helicopter. But uh, uh coming back to this match like uh, at the final parts I don't know what ha- what is happening in the ring but Ricky Starks shows up causes some distraction and as soon as this happens MJF I think he got a roll up pin and there you go that was it oh, no 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 I think he locked no, no, in no. the armbar I guess the salt of the earth yeah he did the salt of the earth and it was a bit tame of a finish if you ask me because like you know Dante was building to that particular uh, this thing where he was trying to win the match he hit the nose dive which is a very meh name and while he was spinning mjf and then uh, ricky puts his feet on the rope and then dante is just standing there and mjf just locks in the salt of the earth as it is like you know it it almost felt like a clean loss and then dante taps out so i thought the finish was like i get what they were trying but the execution was a bit weird if you ask me There you go, MJF. Uh, for the third straight year, uh, owns the Dynamite Diamond Ring. I think they got a new one this year. So uh, yeah. FTR, you know, joined MJF in this, you know, post-match celebration. They had him uh, in the shoulders, you know, um, celebrating this victory. But the lights go out. The lights go out, Ridwan. Is it Wyndham? Yes. No. Is it Briscoes? No. It's no. Sting, it's Sting, <laughs> and Darby Allen. So they attack FTR. MJF, you know, escapes, and eventually MJF would return. So we had a two-on-three beatdown. So crowd was chanting for CM Punk, CM Punk, and we did hear like Mussolini and Kennedy got a personality. CM Punk shows up with a baseball bat and uh, chases out the heels. and he then later on got on the mic and uh, basically we are uh, getting a six man on next week's dynamite with sting punk and darby allen facing ftr and mjf should be good and uh, yes there you go was man. that the match that was that the match tony khan wanted to announce or what because we were literally hanging uh, it was basically the david otanga and rikishi moment where they were like yeah tony khan's going to announce a big match for holiday bash but eventually it never ends up happening was this this match or uh i didn't have like i didn't actually care about the announcement when he said it was a match and not a big signing it's going to be a it's going to be an earth shattering one they were, the commentary was the commentators were hyping the fuck out of it so probably it's the smash that they were alluding to hey listen did you have the problem yeah. with the lights out and sting and darby showing up because no. i stopped everything i was doing and was saying who's going to show no i i was like i avoided the spoilers for this show me too okay yeah like and that, i usually like check the spoilers and then i watch it in the evening but for this one like since it was winter is coming i decide i tried not to go for any spoilers but uh i didn't want windham to show up simple 
I was like 50-50 about Briscoes, but having Sting and Darby show up was like a big FU to fantasy bookers and I reveled in that because of the like because of what I just said. And I was happy to Sting and Darby and not the other two. By the way, did you check the thing that happened at final battle with the Briscoes and FTR? Yes. About that, as in like, is that still a thing or because see? They've said that all talents are being released from uh, Ring of Honor. So, they're, they're just being a super indie now. So, this is still going to continue now because they even debuted a stable over there. It's uh, EC3, Adam Scher, formerly known as Braun Strowman, and now Killer, Cl- Killer Cross has also joined the stable. And I think the Westy Blake is there. Uh... So, Ring of Honor, in a way, is continuing at the same time. Like it's, it's no one's going to be fully signed with the promotion. You know, what's it going to be? Uh, we have long-term plans. That's why uh, I can say regarding Ring of Honor. Yeah, there seems to be something in place. Even with FTR in the best schools, I feel there's going to be something. And uh, one thing is for sure, we are getting Briscoes versus FTR, and uh, that should be a really good match. But uh, more it, it can't happen in Ring of Honor, right? Uh, it has to be happen on AEW because getting a bigger uh, attention to them. And uh, who knows? It could be for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Sorry, World Tag Team Championship. Yeah, even the AAA could be added to that. Who knows? Wait, where did where the AAA come from? Yeah, I forgot. FTR are AAA champions. Yep. There you go, man. Like I said, wrestling is pretty wild, and 2022 is going to be a hell. Like this is, you, you said that 2021 was the best, you know, uh, year for wrestling in a while, but 2022 is going to top that. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for 2022 in wrestling. But uh, before we leave, Ridwan, where can you guys find you? So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rin underscore Raman and if you're watching this in video form you can see it somewhere over here in any of the corner bottom corners. And you can find Slam of Wrestling on Twitter at Slam of W, Instagram at Slam of Wrestling. You catch this review on uh, Anchor and Spotify as well. This was the AEW Dynamite Review Winter is Coming Edition and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Adiós.